0: I'm Sam. And we are starting something new today, new and exciting. As I said, this is the Art Bay podcast, and we will be talking about a range of things, but mostly based in art, and it's several different disciplines. I'm formally and actually a designer during day, if that's the job that actually pays me. I think that Sam and I are inspired by lots of different kinds of art, and we're very artsy people, like no matter what we do. Yes, Um, that's (laughs) correct. We'll be artistically critiquing things in a constructive way, whether it be a menu or it be an invitation or, or like a broom that we're in, you know, we're just created beings and this is our calling and it's how we met, kind of. We met.
1: Kind of. I feel like we have two exactly different
0: versions how on how we met.
1: Like, you have one version and I have another version hands
0: down go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks and then we'll get into that
1: hey everybody i'm sam i feel like online i'd be known as see what happened was people just call me sam i have a less technical background in art more like self-study and self-taught just being like you know involved in any type of arts and crafts or like any type of artistic activity since i was like a little kid over the years that's just like morphed and changed like my first love was drawing and then it turned into photography and then it turned into like designing like you know digital now so like it's it's taken on different forms throughout the years but it's always been there like that creativity um, so yeah, like I was able mm. to find Mez through, you know, <laughs> either one of our stories. <laughs> yeah. and, and the fusion um, is going to
0: be great of these two dates. So like, if I ever get too technical, feel free to like <laughs> yell at me and tell me to shut up a little bit and then we'll get into the feelings. I, and stuff it's like
1: okay. That. It's okay. Like I, I can I do I do some reading. You know, I remember some things from high school or whatever but i'm definitely way more like you know go with my instinct go with my gut less i'm way less technical i feel like right. um because that just kind of comes with being self-taught but i feel like mm-hmm. it's just a different it all it all it does is add to my art style right um right. and your technical knowledge would i would assume add to your art style as well like, right, that would right. have it some actually, influence yeah.
0: on you. You're right. I guess we should get into how we met each other. Okay. So we technically didn't meet through art. We met through <laughs> streaming. Met each other in the chat room. And at this point, our friend group, like, overlapped so much. I'm not sure exactly whose chat this was. But This I was remember, my chat. Like... Yeah, I remember getting rated to you. Like, I feel like I'd seen you before then, like, your name. Uh-huh. But, like, get it, like, getting to know you first happened when I got rated to your stream.
1: Yes. And <laughs> yeah, so I think you came in through a BGG raid.
0: Yeah.
1: Black Girl Gamers, for anybody that doesn't know, on Twitch. I stream for their stream team. And I think I was getting raided by somebody streaming to the channel. And right. Mez came through in that raid.
0: Yes. And it has been hell for Sam since. <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, I'm a little spicy. You know, I'm not for everybody, but I guarantee you laugh, all right? And I'm sure I did something foolish. Like I, honestly and truly, like it's never like malintentioned. But like, I just be making jokes like right there on the dime. And sometimes, you know, it it you know, takes people back a little bit. So I'm sure this is where Sam's intro comes in to fill in all of my tomfoolery, because I'm sure I, mean... I did something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it wasn't like she did something. It was just her being herself in the chat. And I'm like,
0: who is this woman? Like,
1: <laughs> talking so <Yep>. spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's me. That's me. I like to keep people on their toes, you know, lit, you know, stuff like that. So it wasn't like I was trying to either. I was just also trying to make everyone smile. This is also part of our story is that I'm not from where we met. We actually ended up meeting in New York City. Yes. But I'm not from there. You were very much, you know, tri-state energy. And I was just like, oh, this is really cool. Like, she feels like, she's like from around here. And I think you were probably one of the first people that I met from here, like in person. And I do yeah, remember I that we so. met at a, at a Twitch event.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we like met up and then we went, did some skincare shopping. We got some ramen. And then we went to this really cool event that was being hosted by Lamb Party and Quirk Quirktastic. they came together yeah. to do an event for the uh con there was some kind of con
0: happening i think it was anime con
1: yes because there, there
0: were a lot of like when i say like people the black up. energy was there oh like, yeah there was the black a squad. lot of yeah and it was great to be there to mm-hmm. meet other people as a minority in, you know bigger spaces you know you always try to reach for things that feel a bit familiar right and comfortable and so um we met there and there was just a lot of people to me, but it was nice to know that Sam and I kind of had, even though it was the first time we met physically, like in person, it was like we had already a dialogue because everyone else was pretty much new faces for me. Like mm-hmm. like we had spoken about like interests and, you know, at this point, like I know that she's an artsy type of girl, you know, like, and our mutuals had been like, you know what, y'all are really cool people. So like, you know, let's hang out in spaces. So it was right. nice to be there with her in person. And then we started like building naturally. Like, you know, when you don't have to try too hard to have conversations with people. Oh, we should check out this exhibit that's up, that's coming out. Would you be down? And so we started to feed into each other like that. And a couple years later now, like we're here. Friendship's just grown since then. She hasn't been too tired of me, you know. You know, good times.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, that sums it up. <laughs>
0: This basically because we've definitely met up a few times just for like dinner.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean, it was I'm actually.
0: <laughs> and if you know me, I'm a foodie for sure. I like to take lots of photos and experience lots of different types of foods and cultures. I think right when we were about to go to our first exhibit it was kind of like when COVID just like like it yes. was like right before our winter and then like COVID. You yeah, know, like because we were trying weird. to go to the Whitney. Right. Right. And I don't think I've been to the Whitney still to this day. I don't think I've been.
1: Yeah, and I was there one time. I went there for, like, the first time earlier in that year, like, I think in January. Yeah. And, yeah, that's why I wanted to go back because I saw this, like, really cool exhibit and we never got to (laughs) go
0: Like, no. I feel like that happened to a lot of people in their art journeys in general because it was a very like powerful black centric exhibit that we were going to go see and it would have made so much sense for us as like a first step thing to like do because people like art, like art is a very broad term, right? But I think that it's not everyone that you can go to visit art with and have a discussion and um, learn from each other. A lot of times you just kind of go with people, but the energies aren't the same, if that makes any yeah, sense.
1: I actually can't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, I need our energies to be on the same page
0: and, and I'm freaking like-
1: out over this piece. I need you to already be there. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. And I think that's basically sums it up is that we kind of freak out about the same things naturally together. (laughs) Like in the same space. And as an art based person, um, Mm. I think that when you go into a museum, it's an experience within its own. Like you understand why you want to understand why people curated pieces together and the impact of that. A lot of times it's chronological, but then you start to break down into the micro bits as to what exactly a movement is and why all of these pieces are put together. So the experience of going into a museum is also part of that journey. And talking from the small things, meaning like on a small scale, the piece itself, and not all pieces are small, but talking about the biome of art, and then every single thing that's integral into the ecosystem of that art, that time, that period, and now this space in the museum, Not everyone has the ability to jump in between those phases of art and art experience. And that's what we're hoping to do today with you guys. Um, But it's hard to find that in others, if that makes any sense. Like people will say that they like art, but they don't understand the complexity sometimes like in discussion, you know, so Mm -hmm. trying to connect with people like that doesn't always happen, but it's something that you look for in fellow art, you know, based people. And then if you don't, no one really holds it against you. But that's part of the experience that we're looking for when we walk through doors, you know, right. like when we walk through doors to experience something new.
1: So typically, if you guys didn't know this, museums, exhibits are usually split up into old and new, like that, those are the broad terms, <laughs> like contemporary, modern, and then, you know, you've got your traditional on one side. Usually that's is split right down the middle and then, you know, other things are scattered in between. So we're taking that same approach. I'm going to be on the, the modern, more contemporary side and Miz is going to be on the traditional side. The format of our show is supposed to be literally like a gallery. We're inviting you to our museum and I think it's going to be really dope how we find stories and kind of just apply basically a layer like we're looking through art lenses. We're applying that to everything that we bring to you. So hopefully that you can, I guess, maybe critique better (laughs) or like look at things more critically.
0: Yes, that is 110%. We want to be able to give you the skills to best communicate what you see and how you feel when you look at a piece um, and to break down little things. Because for me, all of these things have culminated into what I do and why it makes sense for me. I take art at a really granular level, very detail oriented and start to construct things from there. And I appreciate those small little details because it brings out the bigger picture for me. Um, that's just how my brain works. But I did art traditionally, like way back when, when I was in high school. Then I started to take those things and apply it to art history, which if you know me, I'm a big art history nerd, like it's ridiculous. Um, and then, you know, you, all those little pieces build the base to how you view things, if that makes any sense. But you'll get more of that as we go through our gallery.
1: Right. And I feel like a lot of times is in the art world, it's always like a war between the two sides when it really mm-hmm. shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, I feel like both sides cover each other, like where I'm more. Um, you know, like, modern and, I guess, spontaneous and a little bit, like, more free-flowing. Like, Mm -hmm. Mez has that traditional side to be like, okay, well, you got to cover your bases. Like, you know, and then I can be like, we can kind of think a little bit more broadly depending on, like, what projects we're working on. So, we, like, cover each other's bases. And I Mm -hmm. feel like those, those genres cover each other as well.
0: But
1: a lot of times it's, you know, it's definitely not viewed like that in our world. It's a war.
0: Right. <laughs> like when you know the rules, you know where to break them. Like, right. and why you're doing those things, not just like doing it unintentionally. So that's right. where the dialogue comes and everything, like <laughs> everything that we do, we discuss it. You know, like if there's a thoughtful conversation behind those pieces and why we chose to go in the direction that we did so yeah. I look forward to our future gallery talks.
1: Yeah. And it won't just be about all art. Um, you know, both a lot of us or both of us are mm-hmm. uh, like widely known, I want to say, to my own heart a bit in the <laughs> internet <laughs> worlds and the Twitch streets. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gamers. Like we're gamers, yes. multifaceted. We like different Black uh, things. But, yeah, Black women. Um, But that art comes through in all of these categories. So, yes, we love gaming. We love, you know, anime and manga. But because we have that art lens, we can talk about these things a little bit more critically and, you know, just see some different things. Like, yeah, we may talk about beauty, but we're trust and believe we're looking at that packaging like
0: yes yes (laughs) (laughs) that is us so it may
1: not have like you know if you're if you're looking for typical conversations surrounding like pop culture gaming um art beauty it's not going to be that here like we're definitely going to be Getting into text, like I think that's probably going to be a whole episode because oh, both yeah. of us are obsessed with typography, a hundred and ten percent. So yeah, like even like you know when it comes to games, the um you know the design for the art style for the games, like or mm-hmm. the art style for the anime or the manga, because that's a deciding factor for me. Like that's one of my biggest deciding factors. When I get into anything like art, games, is mm-hmm. do I like the art style? If I can't yeah. like it visually off rip, I'm not gonna get into it.
0: Yeah. So Which I Which is think more it's... than fair. Right. Again, for me, I I look for that, but I also look for the experience. You yeah. know, like my day to day job is I make apps for people. So I have to understand the user's experience and the journey that we're trying to take people on. If you don't get that sense from either a museum to, like, an app to, like, a game, then you've lost your user. So, like, stuff like that is essentially, like, you'll get pieces of who we are throughout episodes, but we want to make sure that you have a good experience while artfully walking through this episode. Like, you know, like, every episode.
1: Yeah, it should just be, like, each episode should feel like a tour.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, but be comfortable. We don't have no concessions, you
1: know? though, so keep it cute. <laughs> and no exactly kids right. in a, a gallery,
0: please. <laughs> <laughs> Just so they don't This is 18 me. plus. <laughs> you know what's interesting is I I recently went, one of the first places that I, pu- like a public place that I went to, you know, when mm-hmm. you know you're vaccinated and, you know, capacities are starting to grow in terms of, you know, these public buildings and stuff like that. Right was the met and i was actually surprised which is, oh, the met is the metropolitan museum yeah um, those who are favorite, my not favorite. aware i mean time. honestly
1: you should be aware there's no excuse uh, we're <laughs> definitely judging you. it's weird
0: that you don't know the, okay go ahead <laughs> the met had children like you know people like were taking their and i kind of understand like wanting your children to have an experience but for me as an adult it's like you're not gonna fully. They're not gonna fully grasp anything. No, you know, like they're not gonna at all, it. right? And you're not gonna be able to go through a majority of it. You're probably gonna go through a sub wing of anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like a right. subsection of a wing before the children get tired, and then you have to attend to them. And so like, the why didn't you just take them to the park? Right. Yeah, like like why did you bring them to the met?
1: There could be some weirdo kids like us that will have like an actual good time.
0: But, but I'm talking like these children were like from the age of like I want to say three to six.
1: Oh yeah, no, you gotta go.
0: Those are very young children. <laughs> like that's like one of those things where you have to get a babysitter so you can enjoy the man.
1: Right, because right.
0: You right. wanna to go to the man, you know?
1: I feel like it's also based on your child's temperament too. Like sure. if you have a chill sure. baby, like all right, cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you know your baby's not chill,
0: come on, man. Like <laughs> Yeah. I will say museums require a level of chill. They do, they do, and because you don't want to impede on other people's experience while you're experiencing. It's
1: a very tricky um, type of etiquette, like museum etiquette. Like you want to move slow enough that you're ingesting and like getting everything, but you also want to move fast enough so that you're not in somebody's way. Yeah, because like most of the time, if you do go to a pretty like you know worldly or worldwide known museum like the met there's gonna be mm-hmm. a bunch of people there like it's, it's never slow i mean it was yeah. pre-pandemic but it's a wrap now like <laughs>
0: right yeah <laughs> the tourists are gonna be a on a thousand <laughs> if that's exactly it is that i already feel a way if i'm in my museum setting and people are talking too loud
1: right i don't really like that i don't like no? it at all
0: Mm-mm. and I'm i don't probably, feel that way just you know. about
1: museums i feel that way about any type of exhibit. Like Ooh. we went to the the Black Museum, the African American History Museum in DC. Yeah. And that if you've ever been to that, like it's a very specific detail. Like they place you in the direction that they want you to go because they want right. you to experience it a certain way. But mm-hmm. it's also very popular and it's also hard to get into, so it's pretty packed all the time. And sometimes it can be tight, like the actual path that they want you to follow can be tight. And is there so much information? So it's like you can't possibly like just run through that. And then there are so many people talking, and then there are kids because you know, black people. We want our kids to experience everything, so (laughs) (laughs) you have to go see this museum where you know they have roots or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I get it. You and you know, you want us to see our history. Hundred percent, get that. Um, But yeah, like, just try to, yeah, no, like museums, exhibits. I feel like they're more for like internal reflection. Right and discussion I kind of
0: feel like it's a bit of meditation yeah like I feel most we, we so. are like definitely yeah. the only people that I feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel refreshed like I feel happiest as soon as I walk out of the museum because for that time period that I was there I put everything else aside like I do not yeah, everything care about anything else. yeah and you get to actually slow down and if you know anything about this Messy stays busy, you know? you booked and busy. I mean, you only get to live this thing called life once, you know?
1: Yeah, it's true. But yeah, so I feel like, um, you know, that's how we feel. That's how we, ha- like, that's our experience and how we, like, the feelings that we yeah. get from going into an exhibit or a museum. So we kind of want the show to reflect that, like, it should be apparent how much we love art by the time yeah. we finish our first season or whatever. Okay, <laughs>
0: right. And we're going to take you on several journeys, like, like um, Sam has said several times before, like traditional stuff, more modern stuff, modern interpretations of things. We're because get into some weird whether... stuff too, right? Like, just like whether weird. you believe it or not, <laughs> certain people that you guys like see every single day as trendsetters are actually quite inspired by old things. Um, and they speak to that. And that's also part of the journey that we want to um that we want to share with you guys, that we want to walk you through, is that certain people will say like, hey, this heavily influenced this body of art, this artistic movement, you know, so that will be a beautiful growth for all of us. Welcome back. We are back and a little bit more refreshed. And um, we're yes, gonna yes. jump into some more things.
1: Yeah, we have a couple topics that we just want to touch on, give you guys a little taste of what you can expect from us coming up. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about a couple things. First up is a Twitter post that I sent Mez. That's Indeed. uh it's like an article and it's based on an art project, of course. Like, why would I? Send it to her. <laughs> oh, so I found this post on Twitter. I can put the picture in show notes, actually, so you guys can check it out too. It's a picture of someone's art piece, which is basically a mound of wrapped candy piled up in a corner. So, if you can picture that, that's what it looks like. And mm-hmm. I'm gonna read to you guys um, the post. So recently, there was a dust up over the comedian. A piece in which Italian artist Mauricio Cattelan I think, taped a banana to the wall of a gallery and sold it for $120,000. A gallery patron made additional news by pulling the banana off the wall and eating it. Interviews made it clear that everyone involved was trolling. The saga was catnip to people who believe that conceptual art is full of shit, which is a really big deal. Yeah. And, but, you know, I have my own feelings on conceptual art.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm actually
1: curious to what your feelings are on conceptual art. Yeah. But the purpose of this, you know, the preface is like his art begs the question, could an artist ever walk into a gallery with some snacks and say, this may look like something I picked up at the bodega on the way here, but it is in fact my art. Behold my art. And not be full of shit? In my opinion, the answer is yes. And this is the person who wrote this. They say that this is possible, okay? Mm -hmm. And he makes his decision with the example from the picture, which is a piece by Felix Gonzalez-Torres, which is called Untitled, and it's the pile of candy. Visitors are invited to take one piece of candy the piece may be staged in any gallery that follows a few simple rules. The most important rule is that the pile should weigh 175 pounds. And the reason why the pile should weigh 175 pounds is because 175 was the healthy weight of Gonzalez Torres's partner, Ross Laycock, who died of AIDS. Now, this piece came out in 1991. So we're talking about the height of the AIDS epidemic. Yeah, hmm um, Gonzalez Torres had a Roman Catholic background, and taking the candy is meant to be an act of communion. The patron partakes in the sweetness of Ross while participating in his diminishment and torturous death. The decision to use candy uh, has a political significance. In 1991, public funding for the arts and public funding for AIDS research were both the hottest of hot button issues. HIV positive gay male artists were being targeted for censorship. Gonzalez Torres mm-hmm. was de- desperate to be heard. And part of the logic of Untitled was that you can't censor free candy without looking ridiculous. The replicability of the piece makes it indestructible. (laughs) Gonzalez Torres had an intuitive, ahead of his time, understanding of virality that came from dealing with that actual virus rather than the internet. But I feel like... (laughs) So basically, before I even get on how I feel...
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: This, you have two examples of really like on the opposite spectrums of conceptual art. You have right. one that is clearly trolling, and then you have yes. one that has like extreme significance. Yes. I don't know how I feel about that.
0: Like how the the comparison is.
1: Yeah. 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 Like, I don't know if I can, <clears throat> if I, because what the author or the OP is trying to justify the first one the trolling with mm-hmm. the the meaningful one right so i'm just kind of like i don't know how i feel about
0: it like <laughs> <No>, I, <laughs> I don't like, like that no i don't like it <laughs> um it's interesting cuz like how do i like so we had this discussion like way back when i took art history right mm-hmm. like what is the definition of art and for most people most people think of art as something that you can see and something that you can touch, right? Right. And to a degree, that is valid because I think that what then becomes of that conversation is similar to this conversation of conceptual art, right? Is that I can see and touch a car. Does that mean that it's art, right? right? But then when you have art, you start to break it down a little bit more as in like, who made this when did they make this where did they make this and the why like the big right. question why and then as like people who are art historians you then try to put cultures and patterns together right to make art movements so a group of people were inspired by these elements but then we start to assess things like space you know mass of it volume, texture, color, lines, material, technique, form, and composition. These are all big artworks to start right. to analyze the piece that you are questioning, right? The criticism that I have for the first, the one, the banana, the right? The banana, You're right. Is that it felt like a troll because of the fact that the intention behind it was meant to be sarcastic. Exactly. It was the why behind it. He intentionally went into a room, taped something to a wall, an organic matter, and then announced it as art. It was more so a statement piece. It only meant to inspire thought and conversation, I believe, more so than a a piece on its own. Because bananas grow in various shapes or sizes, right? They have, depending on where you grow them, what you give to them. But there was no conversation or thought on that piece. It could have been an apple. He just taped something to a wall and left. And the mere fact that someone could sell something for $120,000 is another part of an art conversation that we'll get into later about the privilege of it. Because this man is an artist. He thinks as an artist. He creates as an artist. He knows what art is. But conceptual art is also meant to push your your mind right um, so
1: the person that like op who mm-hmm. um made this post also proposed the question of how can you, how well can you tell a story without words or a proper in quotation marks picture because that's what you were saying mm-hmm. um because he believed or they believe that the key to conceptual art is storytelling and yes, yes. i believe that But I feel like my lack of interest in conceptual art comes Mm -hmm. when there is, like you said, a clear definition or a clear case of trolling. Like, if I feel like the artist is trying to take me as a fool or try to, like, ridicule me or try to play me, then, yeah, Yeah. I'm not going to be into it. How could you create art just to elicit that kind of response? Like, yes, I want to you know there's a sense of stupid
0: (laughs) there's a sense of carelessness
1: yeah behind it
0: um I think if the I almost I almost want to say also another thing about art like to add to this point because it'll grow into its thing when I finish is um art almost has a sense of permanency meaning that like yes not all art will last but it's meant to last for a long time so right. the fact that it was chosen, this organic thing, like he didn't the create banana. a banana that was supposed to last, like no. a sculpture of a banana. He actually took an organic matter that will eventually rot, and stuck it to a wall. And the carelessness behind behind uh, behind how it was maintained, how someone a patron, like someone a patron of a the museum, could pick it up and eat it, right, speaks to how. It was not created with intention for for longevity, meaning like I want other people to share in this. It was just created as a statement to have a conversation piece. It's called is the comedian. What annoys me. Right. Right.
1: And <laughs> honestly. What annoys me
0: about the situation. You
1: could even say that it's not conceptual art. It could be performance mm-hmm. art because the person who Honestly yeah. Who ate the banana was in cohort. Like it was all. Cause, you know, coordinated by Mauricio, so like that was a part yeah. of the art is getting and somebody to pull it off and eat it, so wouldn't that be performance art?
0: <laughs> like- yes, and actually, that is also a talking point when it comes to art is like other other forms of art, such as like dance and music and drama, are considered the performing arts for that exact reason as like outside of art's history, like it's more so things that are mention make you feel things like actions that are happening um not like this thing that has almost been frozen in time if that makes any sense right like you made it and there's really no tangible way of changing its you know form so that is indeed like a performance art as in like here I did this thing and you are now a part of it and I want you to take something from it
1: yeah I feel like we're definitely going to talk about this more in detail in the future because, like you said, I feel like what's screaming at me the most is privilege, like you brought up earlier. Mauricio's Italian. Pretty sure he's white passing. There's no way that, you know, someone of darker color or browner could have gotten away with this. Yes, um, a
0: melanin melanin yeah. influence. And like then have it sell
1: for $120,000. There's no yes. way. Yes. Yes. Um, and
0: there are <laughs> always going to be those people a part of an art scene that want to be like what happened to the man who paid $120,000 for this banana that was on the wall.
1: Exactly. Because it's gone now.
0: Yes. It's again organic matter that was not meant to last.
1: But if you, you know, didn't so, eat the candy yeah. pieces, the candy would still be here. Yeah. So like and those are the was two differences. Also the intention. <laughs> it was you
0: know, right. he, he had he had mass. He had volume. He had proportion. He had scale. He had intention. What was and the it style had to
1: stay one hundred and seventy five pounds?
0: Exactly. There was a prompt to this. Like when he he went in with intention. What is the yeah, subject I think matter that's to what this?
1: It is, the intention.
0: Yeah. Hmm
1: and there was we a perspective see we see yeah. what the intention is for the comedian <laughs> it's called the in
0: awesomeness the candy could have been seen as a sculpture let's be honest
1: yes it could have been yeah.
0: seen as its own medium you know like to, yeah, to describe 100%. something and say this is the medium this is the form you know like there was a conversation behind it in a way that like i said was the intention right what did and this he artist also to
1: had from? to hide his artwork because the candy is used so that you can't police it. Because like the OP said, you will look crazy trying to police a mound of candy. So yes, it looks harmless, but it has a very deep meaning. But it also gets to live. Like it gets to see another day because it's not being policed. If he would have used a different medium, something that was more graphic, it wouldn't be up still. That's another privilege that Mauricio has because you know he's probably not gay
0: yeah <laughs> like, yeah or like there's this thing in the community because it actually is pride month um, happy pride month day yes it is How um right, guys where if you are passing like just if you're like not people clockable different... yes yes yeah just like, people like if they, they can't tell your, if they can't tell other
1: from what your appeared sex is you are a cisgendered yeah
0: you know person you know, so you're passing. So there's always that part of the discussion as 100%, well. 100%. 100%.
1: 1991, so, like, I'm pretty sure the community is under heavy scrutiny. He had to. Mauricio has the uh, the craziest amount of privilege because not only is he not living in those times and don't have to deal with those issues, but he actually, like, it, it's the money for me. Like, yeah. it's still so yeah.
0: Because there, there are people who had to go underneath names, you know, like um, yeah,
1: change their names,
0: change their names, you know, and have pen names um, in order for them to be able to do what they do successfully, because right. on the exterior, you're not presenting to them what they would classify as a respectable artist. Let's be yeah. honest, male privilege is a thing, especially, you know, white male privilege as to where you can walk into a room and it's assumed that you know what you're talking about and you get the respect. That's what privilege is linked to is that if you say that you're an artist and you pass a certain physical, you know, physical checklist for people, they give you all the credit regardless of the catalog. So, if I walked into a room and said something like, "Okay, I'm this type of person." I might have to do tons more work to prove, yeah, you're gonna have to prove that it. I yeah. have that qualification versus someone else who walks into a room who is bypassing cisgendered, things male. like that, yeah. male, in order for that to be a thing of validation to who you are and what you accomplish and what you do. So that is also something that is a struggle of artists throughout time, because you'll see that a lot of the art that is given its credit. First and foremost, just like any historical medium, history is often recorded from the voice of the winners. So from the people who massively get the support to document their things and say that they are right. Right. Which is a big thing. Um that is why certain periods have tons of chapters on them and a lot of their art is seen as as seen as valuable and is lifted up on the pedestal of art history. Because again, they are the prominent societies of that time that were the winners, like people who lost wars, what was destroyed their art, you know, their sculptures, their architecture, you know, things that they found commonplace in their homes, it was destroyed. And it is hard to separate the things that are historical, like actual history from art history, meaning like you sometimes will see African art in the same way that you'll see European art. Because African art, African people have succumbed to a lot of challenges and have lost, quote unquote, a lot of wars with people, or they've been recorded differently. Mm -hmm. So things like that is a part of the conversation of intentionality. And um, we will jump into those things.
1: Yes. (laughs) Because (laughs) I was already thinking like so many different thoughts of where we could go with that, but. Yeah, that's that's coming soon. We have more to talk about piece. that in the next episode. You'll just have to listen some more. <laughs> Let's talk um, but about... Also, um, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
0: I guess keep us artistically refreshed, you know, yes. like inspire us to keep going on this art journey because it's not easy. No. It's not. definitely not easy. We are creators. Like we create content. What we're doing right now is creating content, but we do it in different disciplines, like different ways. And. Right. Sometimes just opening up Instagram refreshes me. Like, I feel inspired. I I can tell you right now, the big ticket right now that's, you know, making me inspired is actually anime. It's crazy. Oh, really? Yes. Like, I am falling back in love with it. Like, I I first started as an anime girl. I think that we all watched anime. Well, not all. Like, the people who claim to be anime fans. I mean, we watched Tsunami right watched it on Toonami you know like we watched it on tv but then manga took over
1: yeah that's always been my life life. (laughs) and I'm
0: falling back in love with anime though you know like manga was my thing where I could just appreciate the art styles of this particular artist from a place that I've never been you know Mm -hmm. but it's speaking to me as a little black girl in America and then like I've but recently I've fallen back in love with Anyway, so that's been inspiring
1: me a lot. Right. Nice. So I've been really getting a lot of inspiration from Instagram as far as like decor and design mm-hmm. accounts. Yeah. Two of my favorites that I'm really excited about are Nephi Walker, at Nephi Walker on Instagram and at the Black Home on Instagram. Nephi Walker owns the Black Home. So these are both of her accounts and the Black Home okay. is, uh, is going to be... Uh, interior decor store like home decor store love that and Neffi is black black woman from new jersey from my home like <laughs> and on it. it's called the black home because she decorates primarily using black oh. she, she shows you so how you literal can literal
0: and figure
1: yeah yes yeah, like and it's so i'm so mad Sidebar, because, of course, I find this lady when I move out of the When you move, state. yep. Mm-hmm, okay. So, um, I'm actually planning to go to the grand opening of the store awesome. next weekend. Because she's having her grand opening. List. Like, if you're really, like, into home decor and stuff like that, you should Me? definitely check out Nephew Walker. Definitely check out the Black Home. Also, Apartment Therapy on Instagram is really dope for your, you know, if you need any decor inspiration. A lot of times I go to Pinterest but sometimes you want something a little bit more like localized and like not all over the place. Pinterest could be really, uh, hectic sometimes.
0: Right. Um, Right. It can be, you have to be very intentional with your searches, um, on Pinterest or else you'll get lost in a rabbit hole.
1: Oh, it'll be so bad. And then one more would be colorfied homes for me. Okay. Because I think it's so cute. Like my style of decorating is definitely like modern with like, boho i want to say maybe boho minimalistic kind of yeah. yeah so those are um, accurate so that could be that could mean like a lot of white wood tones um accent colors and stuff like that but colorfy homes is really dope because it's it's literally the name it's a bunch of colorful homes and i think that when you have a minimalistic style it's good to really get into the opposite so that you're not always stuck in your own style so mm-hmm. like, it's cool to see how I can incorporate some colors into, you know, different decorating designs. And yeah, those are my, my few from Instagram, Absolutely. but what um, creative apps or like, you know, tools have you been using that you've been obsessed with?
0: Oh yes. Cause you know, I'm a tools girl. So, um, <laughs> for me, okay. So first let me start off by saying that, like, I am an artiste as well, like, <laughs> I have like a background in fine arts, but like, um, but like it didn't get to like a collegiate refinery level at that point. I then transitioned to digital art, which I think once upon a time wasn't even deemed as art because it was a machine art, but we can, we, we can further explore that later. But um, yes,
1: I do graphic design
0: as well. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's growing. Just um, to be quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do graphic design as well in my free time, which where we start to me and Sam start to vibe on typography and forms and shapes. also do product design, which is also an art style within itself, I would say as a designer.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: for me as an artist, I use several different tools, but for product design right now for all of you people who want to tinker into you know designing apps because I'm sure once you have the base of an artist, You will be fine, because there are visual designers, there are UX designers, UI designers. Like, there's a whole like yeah.
1: She really showed me like how many, like how specific you can go. Right. There's a lot of different
0: categories now. (laughs) Yes, and the and you belong. Like, I want people to understand that you belong there in your own right as an artist. So, as a graphic artist, I would say like someone who like actually draws. I am. I'm using Procreate. I know that there is Clip Studio, which has a lot of things on it, which are beautiful things. Like it has a sense of community there. Mm -hmm. And I would recommend both of those things. But for me, I'm also my my kit, like how I use my brushes has to be very ordered for me. So I have to situate myself properly in Clip Studio to thrive in Clip Studio. And right now it's giving me like a weird mix of Photoshop, if that makes any yeah. sense in terms of its layout. But it's not, Procreate it's not so, fully connecting for me.
1: So basic, like so easy, right.
0: so clean. It's very straightforward. Right, exactly. Yeah. I know where my brushes are. I know how to make them bigger, smaller, change the opacity and start to play in that realm. But it's almost like for Photoshop, I expect the things to be there and to find the things in its compartments. But it is personalized to Photoshop in the idea that you can change your whole entire UI. Like if right. you need these brushes, you can move them into here. I just haven't done the research yet to thrive in Clip Studio. But those are the two programs that I'm using the most as an artist. Now, as a designer, what I would recommend to people who work on teams or want to share things, want to grow in their own way, I would strongly recommend Figma. It's a lot of collaborative design space. I used mm-hmm. to design in sketch. But Figma has reduced a lot of the tension that I already have with product design, where we create libraries that are synced to our entire team and people make their own spaces and they can collaboratively design together. They can show off things for critique in a group in this space. There's a lot of good things about Figma that enhance um, collaboration, as I've said over and over again. So those are the kind of apps that I would suggest to people. And then for people who are getting into the graphic design space, I think that you can speak to this too from a um, amateur level to a professional level is Canva. Oh yeah. It makes a lot of things easy, but the difference between an artist and someone who is just using Canva is the intentionality. So what you don't want to do is be someone who just copy pasted something that was already a template. You want Mm. to make it your own voice. Your own brand, you know, so you need to go in there and dabble into the things. Um, For me, I have all of the basis of what graphic design is and what an artist is, so I can bring that to Canva no problem. But for those people who are intimidated or don't want to pay for like expensive resources, because let's be honest, Adobe, like it can be really expensive to pay for something on a subscription Mm -hmm. basis the way that this is set up now. Canva is free. So you can right. go in and dabble, click and drag, type some things in. And I think that that is a good first step versus like back in the days when we were growing up, it was like what? Paint and Adobe? Like there was nothing oh, in between. I don't even think it there was Microsoft was Paint like and that. then Adobe. Yeah.
1: Like right. you had to make your own assets. Yeah. And so, like with Canva, they have their own library that's even I haven't gotten to the bottom of it. And I have like crazy amounts of hours in Canva. But yeah, like that definitely be one of my suggestions too. And like she said, the biggest thing is you have to bring your own creativity to it. If you want to use it as an artist, if you yes. need to draft something up real quick, all right, cool. No problem. Like mm-hmm. if it's just a little flyer you are about to do whatever, but if, if you want to actually like create and make art in Canva, which is possible, you have mm-hmm. to do it yourself. <laughs> like you yeah. can't, like, yes, the templates are there. They're cool, like, for the people who just need a one and done, like I said. But a lot of those, you don't want you don't want your art looking like somebody else's art. A lot yeah. of the times we see, you know, these websites catch on in online communities and they're really dope. But then everybody starts to have the same look because we're all using the same website. But that won't happen if you, you know, add your own creativity to it. And, yes. you know, you're actively trying to, like she said, the intention, like it's based on the intention. So, but it is a really, a really, like, I'm, I'm the poster child for Canva. Okay. <laughs> like, Canva, if, if you, you want to throw a little, sponsor little sponsorship. Us? Okay. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: we got an email for you. Like, <laughs> like we do have an email. All right. You know? Like... Yes. But yeah, like definitely co-sign Canva.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. I jumped into Canva as someone who has spent decades at this point in Adobe. And as a product designer, if you want to update your, you know, layout and stuff like that, we can talk about that (laughs) offline. But the assets, like the ability to do things, I think has reduced the, the, like has made the entry point very easy. It's reduced a lot of the noise and the complications where I can just literally go in and drop things, but also like to change colors. Sometimes when I jump into other programs, it's ridiculously difficult to do simple things. Yes. Canva makes it ridiculously easy to do things that always should have been easy because changing colors has nothing to do with the construction, the form, the scale, the perspective of what you're trying to design. Those are the harder elements to try to master. Changing color should be something that is second nature, yeah, and it's not going to be. make those things <laughs> simple, right? In Photoshop, that's hard. It's almost crazy to me. Sorry, art rant. It's crazy to me in Adobe that most of their programs have varying levels of difficulty. Like yeah. not all of them are easy to enter.
1: No, you know? they're
0: not. So like it, but they're in the suite. When you say a suite, a collection, you know, Creative Cloud collection. They're supposed to be similar to one another in some type of way. And you would think ease would be the thing. And it's not.
1: No. Because I always get a lot of people who, like, either they're they coming from Illustrator and they hate Photoshop or they're coming from yeah. Photoshop and they hate Illustrator. Yes. And I know how to use both Illustrator and Photoshop in Lightroom. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> like You know why? Because, because those I those two see programs why. don't
0: speak well to each other. Yeah, they don't, no, speak they well don't. To each other No,
1: they don't. And what's crazy is that you have to use them all, all the yep. time, like back and forth. Like you have yep. to drag things in Illustrator, drag them to Photoshop, go mm-hmm. like and vice versa. So I'm like, how is it so hard to use programs that you're supposed to use in conjunction with each other? Like yes.
0: right. That part And I, I know how,
1: how hard it is because I've seen it. Like I use those programs. But I'm just like We've been
0: getting started on the yeah, clients yeah, that we, would we definitely send right. me things in the wrong programs. But yes. Right. Yeah. Oh sorry, that art rant was very much it needed to happen, but thanks for sitting through it with us. It's okay. It's okay.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a couple of mine oh Y'all already know what mine is going to be, my iPad. I feel like I talk about my iPad all the time. (laughs) If you don't have an iPad, like, you're not doing art. That's a lie. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry.
0: You know, Sam loves her iPad. Like, I feel I like guess. I've learned things about my iPad while, and I've had my iPad longer than Sam. Yes, has
1: she has. And you should yeah. have seen how she literally was when telling I brought her stuff iPad, about her iPad when she brought yeah. it. In. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, did you know that, that you she could do got this? To play,
0: yeah. I'm just like, excuse <laughs> me. I was like, I can do it. Again, I built apps for a she living. Need so can have a,
1: a background on her iPad.
0: I don't. I don't. I don't need it. Like, I don't no, need a background. I don't understand but,
1: it. how you can't, you how you don't customize things that you're keeping.
0: Because like, also, it's also a work thing. Like, I think because it's a work appliance. Yeah, but it's you. I didn't expect it. Yeah, but I didn't <laughs> expect to keep it as much as I do. And now that I have, like, no one's taking this iPad. It's like, basically. Like yeah, basic like,
1: no, you're not getting it back. <laughs> like, and they actually owe you a new one because we're not even going to talk about that. But anyway, like, <laughs> the, <laughs> I love my iPad. There's a bunch of things that you could do. A lot of things that people don't even know about. And they just came out with a new iPad iOS recently. So I'm yeah. excited to kind of get into that and see how that is going to go for like my productivity and like my creation uh workflow. But I do, I want to say... of my creation, like my creating, whether it be content or art, on my iPad. Like, it's super, like, I like to be comfortable when I'm doing anything. So I like to do things from the bed, from the couch, whatever. So it's super, like, just comfortable, transportable. Like, I like the fact that I can just kinda like manhandle it. Yeah. And just like turn it around and like get it all close to my face so I can see what's going on.
0: Yeah. Perspectives. Yeah.
1: So it's just and then there are like so many it's basically like a computer. Like y'all don't even know. Like you can edit video. we'll 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 get into that one day. But my iPad in conjunction with I wanna say good notes and notion are my my like apps that I've really been into lately notion is a planning app kind of Mm -hmm. notion does everything though like it really could be anything you know
0: notion makes me laugh because I think it was discussed as one of the tools at work that we would use for project management Uh
1: uh-huh
0: um and I totally see why and I get it I think that in the absence of proper product management I have figured out how to properly manage myself Right. But I can see why in comparison to all the things in those spaces, why Notion exceeds like it's levels super above customizable. other yeah. people's apps. Like I see it.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like the database situation makes it like that's really what drives it for me is like the fact that you can set up your own databases and view them and like have different views for them. So that's what I use to like plan content pretty much where my schedule is, <laughs> like mm-hmm. my calendar. And then good notes, I use mm-hmm. like a scratch pad essentially. The iPad transcribes like your writing. So it'll change your writing into text. And oh, nice. you know, like that see, is what I'm saying. Like people <laughs> gotta like get an iPad. I don't know how you're gonna do it. Like <laughs> sell some <laughs> drugs.
0: I don't know. Oh well, figure you know, it out. But you we need all an are, iPad. We're definitely about a hustle here. We definitely. Yeah, we're
1: are. about a hustle. I mean, yeah, don't do nothing illegal, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but figure it out because I feel like iPad is really essential. Like, no, no bullshit. Our iPad is definitely really
0: essential. I feel like we wouldn't be friends if I didn't have an iPad, low key. No. Like, not that she would throw me What's away. What's crazy but is, is that all like, of do my do friends have it? iPads Say, now. Like, yeah, yeah. That's one thing about Sam. If Sam believes this material, this thing will improve your life process, she's going to make sure that you know it. Like, over I and mean, over until you get on the train.
1: I'm just saying. Like, there's <laughs> no way that... You, I mean, well, it's the truth because look at us now. That's yeah, I'm saying. That's true. So, yeah. yeah. Like, those are my, those are my things that I've been really into for just, like, creative flow or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Awesome. Oh, and honorable mention happy color because that's a really good it's really good for your mental health happy color app is a color by number app and they have a bunch of different like they have thousands of coloring pages and i just got Remember? some x-men coloring pages and oh wow
0: so fire um, Okay, hook a sister up honestly and truly download
1: linkage. the happy color app i'll be trying to sell it. Be playing.
0: happy color okay
1: awesome. yeah it's free and it's color by number, like super chill. I use it to like, usually before I go to sleep to kinda of calm my mind down. So yeah, that I can actually. beautiful.
0: Sleep. That well, yeah. is beautiful. I think that concludes all of our app recommendations. Yes. And our inspiration spaces, mm-hmm. um, you know, on social places we will definitely have a lot more for you guys this will not be a one-time thing always tune into this spot for sure you never know what you're gonna find by recommendation you know back everyone we are going to discuss a few things that we're excited for um
1: yes yes again our episode
0: yes yes um again our episodes are every other week we will be intrigued to hear how you guys think that this experience went, which is E3. Let us talk about the things that we are looking forward to. So
1: I'm personally looking forward to the Bethesda Xbox okay, presentation. Okay, Big Which is, uh, yeah, uh, Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I'm an Xbox person by heart. Um,
0: oh, see? This is I how know. we compliment each other because, you know, I come from the PS world. <clears throat>
1: it's fine it's okay but you know like yeah i'm always rude for my team so i hope (laughs) they have some games like i just want to play games this year i don't care if it's on a pc if it's on a playstation xbox switch i just want to play a good game and right right now we don't have a lot of good games out especially not for people who don't main shooters I'm one of yeah. those people. Yeah. So I would yeah. like to see some some story games, some simulation games, because that's my bag. Heavy simulation yeah. games. I'm kind of hoping that Xbox like does some some more backwards compatible games or maybe like get some exclusives. Like, geez, yeah. come on, something. Give me something.
0: I <laughs> don't know what's going on in that marketing department, but y'all need to figure that out. I like, don't
1: know, child.
0: Yeah, because I, how do I say this? For me, E3's coming up and I have... Two big things that I'm looking for, for most of these developers, because I want to put my money into somebody who cares about me, meaning diversity, inclusion, and I want you to treat women right. And there are a few of these people who are up here on the docket, I don't care about because they've already violated those things for me as a human, okay? (laughs) But I'm excited to see, like, so any one of these people could be the show grabbers for me. I right. already know that I'm looking. I'm looking heavy at Square Enix. Oh okay? yes, Most because I'm a Final Fantasy girl. All right, <laughs> I. That is the first game that I think I completed by myself, like from beginning to end in terms of, like, a arc. You know what I'm right. saying? Like the game format itself. I have started a lot of games. Does not mean that I finished them. Right. I am also very much looking at Nintendo because sometimes oh, yeah. Nintendo is going to be doing, at okay? E3
1: this year. So right? like they better right. come correct.
0: Like but all the way. Correct. Because we like, are excited to yeah. see them there.
1: Yeah. Like I want, give me an update on Splatoon three. I yep. want to see like scenes from Diamond and Pearl coming out. Cause that's yep. my favorite Pokemon series.
0: Diamond yep. This is what I mean by Mario. I mean, Nintendo has Mario's uh, boot on my neck because the way they have franchises that we love since childhood, they exclusively belong to Nintendo and Nintendo will do what they want when they want to. They have shown that to us time and time again. We are looking for new Pokemon content. I am not like a very big Mario girl like in terms of playing the games. The only one that I fuck with heavy is Paper Mario. and oh, you should a try a little bit um, of um, you know it? Mario Kart
1: Odyssey. You should try Odyssey. You might like that.
0: Odyssey, a, I have looked like at. Story. It's like story. So story, yeah, Mario. it is so open world, which was refreshing to me. Yeah, it's not a linear path. It's a path. beautiful game. Yeah. Oh
1: my mm-hmm. god! Like design wise, like graphic wise, it is mm-hmm. so gorgeous. Like, and it's I'm keeping so nice. my
0: eyes open, my heart open. To all of you indie games, okay? Oh yeah, most definitely. There, but there will be. I want the
1: indies to come with it, okay? Because the indies have been carrying gaming. Like, if you want to keep it stacked, indie Mm -hmm. games have been carrying gaming for the longest, and people be like, you know, trying to trash them and dog them, and I'm like, no, like these are legit games. Like these people are making legit games that we can play. And I think
0: that when we get inspired by a game style, like a game's art style. We will definitely talk about it on the podcast. Like, oh yeah, we will shout it out and recommend it because, right. again, at the heart, we are still black women who game
1: right. and for
0: fun, you know. So I like people always look at the Xboxes and the Playstations for good reason because they yeah. have they have records of great games that have moved the needle in terms of gaming culture. But the yeah, there's a lane for the indie girls. Like yeah, so we have the open hearts to indie games.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping I'm that we'll see more of them because E3 was open to a lot more people this year because it's yeah. digital. So maybe yeah. we will see some of those. And then you know this is when they also like to announce who bought which is studio. So yes. I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox was like, hey, we bought some more studios because they bought Bethesda, which is why they're running together. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of curious to see that, but you also, we also have the PC gaming showcase as well. Like PC gaming has its own showcase coming up, I believe, Mm -hmm.
0: which is tomorrow. I think it's on Sunday. It is on, it would be on Sunday the 13th.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So by the time this episode releases, (laughs) E3 will have been over. So definitely tell us what your, what games that are announced that, you'll be looking forward to um but as far um, as right now while while we're recording i'm looking forward to the pc gaming showcase because that's where i plan to do most of my gaming now that i've got a better pc
0: (laughs) and there will be we'll reveal the ways that you can tell us soon like all the ways that you can interact with us all the ways that you can get more of us we will talk about that pretty soon but As for E3, those are the things that we are currently excited about. To me, I think conventions are the spaces where you get to interact the most with these people, because unless they release something, you're not really like seeing them on a day to day basis, meaning, you know, Xbox or, you know, Bethesda, unless you work there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. These are their ways of like releasing the things that they're excited about on a yearly basis. And also let us know the ones that disappointed you. Because oh, we have different yeah. expectations for different things. So mm. if you thought someone was going to bring some heat and they didn't, let us know. Because they usually orient their work cycles off of these things. They want to have this game ready so that they can discuss right. it. But I also respect the people who appropriately push back games. When now, I say can we talk about that
1: real quick?
0: I'm not talking about Cyberpunk. Like, no, I'm not talking about a, that. That is a I'm game talking that was not about... appropriately pushed back.
1: Back for Blood, okay? Like I just yeah. want to give them their props real quick mm-hmm. because they did everything right. Everything about Back for Blood's rollout was the complete opposite of Cyberpunk. Like what? they came out with uh, Alpha, um, they had a lot to show us. They had a lot of great gameplay to show us. They were interactive. They were making updates. They wanted us to break their servers during the right. Alpha so that they could yeah. fix things. And the game was originally supposed to release this summer, and they pushed it back to October. However, we're getting an open beta in August. That's going to be cross play. Like this is the type of rollout that we want. Like if I see that you're going to give me a great game, you're going to give me like something that I want to play, I'm willing to wait.
0: Yeah. Like
1: not only are they telling us, yeah, we're going to push it back a little bit, but it's like here, we have something to hold you over in the meantime. And even if they didn't, that alpha was so good that I'm okay with waiting.
0: Right. And that's the part that intrigues me is that, like, not everyone is invited to an alpha. They will base opinions off of the smallest pool that, again, is not diverse and also not inclusive. So, like, that's the thing for me is, like, I am proud of them for having an alpha. um, Because, again, we do that in app app world, like, you know, Mm -hmm. other apps, not games per se, where you have to get feedback from your users in order to successfully meet their expectations. Like, you have to be flexible. Meaning if they say that this point of the game is hot dookie trash and you thought that it was the best shit in the world, there's something wrong in between your thought and your execution. So how do we remedy those things? And And, that's what it is. Gaming is about an experience.
1: Like, I don't ever want to, like, because gaming is another form of art to me. Like, I don't ever want to shit on somebody's artwork or, you know, because when somebody puts something out, whether we like it or not, they thought it was... You know, they were really proud of it or they thought it was their best work or, you know, this is something that they wanted to share. So I don't ever want to responsible... be like, this was trash. Yes,
0: but I but think about... responsible gaming houses right. um, look for feedback before it's a release. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like before it's just this thing to consume because gamers are interacting by nature, like not interactive in the sense that they're all extroverts but they're interacting with this thing that you created on a regular basis. They will have right. opinions on these things, especially if they're new. So you can get it right and then build better upon it because that's mm-hmm. how these franchises exist is that they built something that was really good, but they listen to the users almost, I want to say at least 50% of the time on things. Right. Like, oh, we didn't care about this aspect of Pokemon. Let's add something new or different. Or the users did really like this thing. Let's carry it into the next generation. Exactly.
1: Oh yeah, so Back for Blood is cross-play and cross-gen, so.
0: Oh, see, Yeah, that's big because boys. not all games are cross-gen, they okay. really aren't. That is always the first question that is asked whenever these big gaming companies come out with new consoles, right? Are my old games compatible with this? So cross-gen is amazing.
1: Right, so yeah, so, like that's how you get it done. That's, that's how you show up for me. Like, that's the new bar that they have Ooh. set for me as far as yeah. game releases. But yeah, like, those, those are the things that I'm excited for, for E3. Did you have any more? No, this is
0: pretty much it. I'm open. Like, I'm open and excited. The one yeah. thing I also will say is that I am ready and waiting for these girls to put on their big girl panties and bring it for the VR. Okay. Oh my like, God. I want more VR games. You know, I want you. I'm not even going to get into that. I want gonna you
1: gonna know that I need that. to go buy VR. Okay. I'm not even going to get into that because like <laughs> I'm a VR stand right now. Like, yeah. you know, you know, that I was not even thinking about VR as far as E3. Now I have all to really? change my whole, like I, have, I need to see what's going on. We need yeah. games for VR people. Yes. Okay. If yes. anybody's listening to this, we need games for VR. All right. Yeah. VR is so dope. Yep. but it is not accessible one because it's of the price point it's also and two yeah. because of the games and i so think they know if, that yeah they know it but that's the thing if they but had the games somebody. people yeah. will buy the console because exactly i have it but mm-hmm. i played it like you There's also like the inaccessibility comes from the fact that like the price point is a big deal i have yeah. to usually you get into vr because somebody showed you it's like Getting into a gang. You gotta get, like, yeah. jumped in. Like, somebody's gotta put the headset on your head and make you go to VR.
0: You're talking like, about my experience, but yeah. Yes. Yes. hmm We should oh. record that one day and upload that to YouTube because I swear <laughs> it's a lot. It really is. Yes.
1: We should. <laughs> but, um... Uh,
0: She's but laughing yeah, VR... so hard now, guys, because it was a thing. Like, she was experiencing me experience it for the first time.
1: I just wanted her crazy. to see how cool it was.
0: <laughs> yes, and it was. It was really cool. It was also very scary.
1: It is. It's a very um sensor heavy experience. Yes. yes. But you know that there are people who actually work in VR because if you yeah. hook up the VR to your computer, you can just pull your desktops into the system. Oh, that's so what like people it. work. No, I mean like literally like if you have Physically, like one actually, monitor yeah. instead mm-hmm. of two monitors, you mm-hmm. could like give yourself more monitors in VR, like it's, yeah. It's as
0: an app developer, that's something that we also look at too. Is like we're always at the crux of technology and innovation, and so we also sometimes wonder how can we translate with a VR like you know production company our experience. I mean, for the girls who do enjoy that, how can you enjoy?
1: What give we us bring some sub games,
0: a but we do need games. Period. Stop being like, scared. Come yep. over to VR. Go harder. Because I know PlayStation is right there at the precipice of it,
1: and PlayStation like PlayStation you know, wants to cat. jump in there. PlayStation yeah. VR does not light a candle to no. what they got going on down at Facebook, and I know no. you know Facebook like ooh, but Facebook. The... If you want
0: a free tip, do us a favor <laughs> and shut down some of that actual trash shit that you're doing and pour more money into your VR.
1: Yes, because please. you could
0: be one of the girls. The in Oculus gaming.
1: is so good. It's so yeah. good. Like, you really could. You could be that. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's the only thing you're getting out of us that's free.
0: Yeah, for free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that wraps up our couple of topics and our
0: yep, yep.
1: E3, what we're excited for. And we will be right back with our closing
0: notes. All right, everyone. First and foremost, thanks for jumping on this journey with us. It has been mm-hmm. a wild first episode, but in the best of ways. I've yes. had a lot of fun. Same. And, and yeah. let's just jump into where you can find us for more fun. Do I need to do the welcome back? No. Okay. All right. Cool. Cut. <laughs> all right. There are many places that you can find us so that we can continue having fun together. Um, where can they find us, Sam?
1: You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all under Art Bay Podcast, as well as our website at artbaypodcast.com. You can also listen to us on Spotify, YouTube, and our website, which is, again, com. And you can find us individually where?
0: You can find me at Mastermind, Mes for short, as you've heard. Um, so feel free to address me at that. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram and on TikTok. I do a lot of silly things there. And you can find me actually on Tumblr because, you know, I'm an OG Tumblr girl. That is, you know, one of the roots of the internet that I was found on. Um, so yeah, And her I'm website, mastermind.com,
1: which also yes. has a shop in
0: it. I do, as an artist, I do have a website, mastermind.com, for to buy stickers and pins, because I love those things, and a beanie in the fall. Um, you can go to mastermind.com slash shop. To buy art things from me.
1: And if the people want to see you play games. <laughs>
0: if they want to see me play games, um, create art and say all manners of shenanigans and tomfoolery, you can find me at twitch.tv slash mister nice. Mm-hmm. You can I'm find
1: me at see what happened was on Twitter, see what happened which is my personal website, and twitchtv slash see what happened was. Streaming.
0: I think this is our first episode. We finished our first episode, guys. This is yes. Kind of
1: <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> like...
0: But we look forward to more things with you guys. Um, We're going to continue the dialogue. I hope you guys have a wonderful week or two. Yes. And until next time, where you get to hang out, discuss all manners of art with your host Vince, and and Sam. Bye, everyone. Bye. bye.